To obey organized government is right. To disobey is death. This is your FBI. Step into the incredible, amazing future. Welcome to Free World Theory, the podcast you're not supposed to listen to, a Chaz Holloway production. I'm Bill Hergensen. In Episode 5, we explained the key to American prosperity and defined what a decentralized world actually is. In this episode, the first time the word freedom appeared in all of human history and what humanity's most important social problem is today. This is Episode 6. Six. Let's begin by going back in time, four and a half thousand years ago, to an ancient city-state in Mesopotamia called Lagash. Now, maybe you've heard of Ur, or Uruk, or Kish. Lagash was another one of the city-states in the valley between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. It was discovered in 1879 by a French archaeological team. They were digging for cuneiform tablets, and they came upon thousands of them and realized they were standing on the site of an ancient dead city. When they translated the tablets, they told this story of the city that had been on that spot. The inspector of the boatmen seized the boats. The cattle inspector seized the cattle. The fisheries inspector seized the fisheries. When a citizen of Lagash brings a sheep to the palace, he pays five shekels if the wool is white. If a man divorces his wife, he pays to the king five shekels and to the executive one. If a man makes an oil preparation, he pays to the king five shekels and to the executive one. When a dead man is brought to the cemetery, officials tax the family. From one end of Lagash to the other, there are tax collectors. Lagash had the same problems then that we have today in so-called modern America. Four and a half thousand years ago, in this long dead city-state, there was central control, high taxes, corrupt leaders, and the people hated it. Except for the government bureaucrats, who probably thought the system may have problems, but it was necessary. There's more. The clay tablets went on to say, Then a new king came to power, named Urakagina. He removed the taxes and restored freedom to the people. Interesting note, this was the first recorded use of the word freedom in history. The first time the word freedom is ever written down, it's in the context of individual liberty versus central control, the same as today. Which means that in four and a half thousand years of recorded history, this question, how much government control is good and how much is bad has never been answered. I'm Chas Holloway for Free World Theory. Politicians are like subatomic particles. They behave differently when observed. How much government control is good and how much is bad? No one has ever been able to answer this. In the Western world today, we're struggling with questions like, how do we stop terrorism? Do we need a wall on the border? How do we control the cost of health care? How do we stop the growth of civilization from consuming all our resources? These are some of the big questions of our age, but they all really come down to one main question. 
How much government control is good and how much is bad? That's the question on Center Stage. If you're a blockchain developer, if you want to build giant social networks to create a decentralized world, you'd better be able to answer this question non-ambiguously. Knowing how to answer this is the only way you can build a set of rules for your social network that create freedom and not slavery, that create decentralization and not tyranny. Turns out, there's an easy answer. You see, there's another question that's even more general than this. And if you can answer it, then the question, how much government control is good or bad, gets answered as a byproduct. So what is this more general question? To explain, we have to look at the history of science. I'm Chas Holloway for Free World Theory. You're listening to the Free World Theory podcast. Vous écoutez le podcast de la théorie de la liberté universelle. In all of human history, there's only one way to solve any problem that's ever worked. Science. When you think about it, it's logical. If you don't have science, what's left? You have tradition, mythology, dreams, hopes and fantasies. That's the list. There's nothing wrong with those things, but the only practical tool humans have with which to solve problems is the inductive method. In other words, science. Take an early Homo sapiens, for example, say 200,000 years ago, who wants to make a stone tool, like an arrowhead or a chopper. First, he has to picture in his mind what he wants. Second, he has to perform actions in an ordered sequence on a rock in the physical world. Third, he has to use trial and error. He has to compare his work to the picture in his mind and go back and forth and close in on his goal. Finally, he gets it. He has a system for solving that kind of problem that he can use for the rest of his life. This built-in inductive process was the beginning of all science and technology, and it's still the only reliable way humans have ever solved any problem. After the 1600s CE, the late Renaissance, when natural philosophers formalized this intuitive process into the scientific method, there was an explosion of problem solving. It caused the Industrial Revolution. Free world theory is about doing the same thing today and achieving a social revolution. A revolution in the scientific understanding of society. I'm Chas Holloway for Free World Theory. Curious about Free World Theory? The book is available at Amazon.com. Binge read it today. Search for The End, The Fall of the Political Class by Chas Holloway. Let's divide all scientific knowledge, everything we know, into three general categories. Physics, biology, and social knowledge. Physics is the science of matter and energy. Astronomy, mechanics, chemistry, thermodynamics, electricity and magnetism, and so on, all part of physics. Biology is the study of life within the physical universe. Classification of living things, organic chemistry, microbiology, genetics, evolution, and so on, all part of biology. Social science is the study of how to coordinate human action within societies. 
Now let's compare these three domains of knowledge. Imagine a bar graph that shows how much progress has been made in each. The tallest bar, let's say it's as tall as the Empire State Building, is physics. We've made more progress in physics than anything else. The second tallest bar, maybe as tall as Trump Tower, is biology. We've made a lot of progress there, but not as much as physics. The shortest bar by far, about as tall as a mailbox, is social science. We've made near zero progress there. How do I know our progress in social knowledge is near zero? Because in physics, we can solve problems. We can put people on the moon, build self-driving cars and smartphones. And because in biology, we can solve problems. We can do organ transplants, cure disease, do DNA profiling. But in so-called social science, we can't solve even the simplest problem. For example, how do you end poverty? How do you stop crime? How do you stop war? Nobody knows. Our ability to solve problems in physics and biology is impressive, but in the social domain, not so much. Look around and you see symptoms of this imbalance between the sciences everywhere. The hydrogen bomb, that's an example. Impressive physical technology. But since we don't have the social knowledge to stop war, this technology now threatens the existence of the entire human species. This is a symptom of the imbalance between what we know in physics and our social knowledge. Another example, mobile computing. Amazing physical technology, but since we don't know what property boundaries are when it comes to your data, everybody is living under surveillance. This is another symptom of the imbalance between what we know in physics and our social knowledge. For an example from biology, type the words biological warfare into Google. You'll find many news stories there about genetically engineering viruses for war. We don't know enough in social science and technology to prevent this kind of thing. But that's all about to change. I'm Chaz Holloway for Free World Theory. Another example of the imbalance between our physical knowledge and our social knowledge is a little number called the microwave pain beam. It looks like a giant satellite dish mounted on a military truck. They pull the truck up to demonstrators and shoot them with the microwave beam. The demonstrators feel like their skin is on fire, so they run away. Police using a pain beam to disperse public assemblies. What would Thomas Jefferson have to say about that? Why do politicians use technology to create weapons programs, a surveillance society, and laws to control you? Well, since nobody has ever figured out how to apply our scientific problem-solving abilities to social problems, politicians don't know what else to do. They think, we have to stay ahead in the arms race. Nation A had better develop these technologies before Nation B does. So, nation by nation, overzealous politicians around the world use technologies in ways that don't enhance freedom, but destroy it. But, do they see it that way? No. Politicians think they're solving problems. In exactly the same way that church leaders of the 1400s thought they were solving problems by burning witches. Politicians use every technology they can 
not just against other nations, but against their own populations. Why? Politicians think the only way to solve a problem is through command control, which is how pyramid organizations work. They can't imagine anything else. They don't understand networks. And that means having total centralization, using every technology available. That's the nature of politics. And that's what politicians set out to do. Centralize control first, then maybe they can solve a problem or two later on. I'm Chas Holloway for Free World Theory. Warning. Warning. This podcast contains thoughts and ideas totally offensive to the ruling political class. You're not supposed to listen. listen. The imbalance between what we know in physics and biology, on one hand, and our social knowledge, on the other, has created humanity's number one most fundamental problem, the misuse of technology. Ironically, we all feel secure in our technological world like we're too big to fail. But the truth is, the more technology we develop in physics and biology without developing social science, the worse this imbalance gets, the worse the problem gets, and the more tyranny we're in. The more physical and biological technology we invent, the more politicians have to use against us. So, what can we do about it? Well, we can't unlearn physics and biology, so there's only one possible solution. We have to develop enough genuine scientific knowledge in the social domain so we know how to manage society without completely destroying freedom. To do this, we do not need any more politics. Politics doesn't solve problems. It just tries to manage them. This includes political democracy. A voting democracy is not a panacea. It can't solve our fundamental social problems. Venezuela is a democracy. Chavez and Maduro were elected by democratic process. And Venezuela has collapsed. And so was Hitler. Germany in the 1930s was a democracy. He got into power through a democratic process. This tells us it's not enough to rely on voting to solve social problems. Voting may accomplish some things, but it can't solve what's fundamentally wrong. We need something more. We need to develop a genuine scientific understanding of social phenomena and a scientific understanding of how to build social systems without creating tyrannies. So here we have the more general question I was talking about. How do we understand society in a scientific way? This is a more fundamental question than our previous one, which was how much government control is good and how much is bad. If you can truly, scientifically, understand how society works, you'll know how much government control is good or bad. How do we understand society in a scientific way? For centuries, people have been asking the wrong question. This is the right question, the more fundamental question. This is the question we have to answer to make progress. We're in the same position as our Homo sapiens friend making a stone tool. The only way to advance, to survive, is through the inductive method of science and technology. More politics won't work. In politics, there is no progress. 
Politics, as we've established, has been exactly the same for four and a half thousand years. How do we understand society in a scientific way? Science is now, and has always been, the only practical way to move things forward. And in the next episodes, we're going to use the scientific method to clearly define, once and for all, what freedom is. I'm Chas Holloway for Free World Theory. In the next episode, why politics and science are exact opposites, the main reason you can't scientifically understand society, solved, and why you can't manage a digital world with ideas that are centuries old. The Free World Theory podcast is written and directed by Chas Holloway. Also heard in this episode, Nan Pincus and Hayden Jones. I'm Bill Hergensen. For more information, visit FreeWorldTheory.com. The Free World Theory podcast is copyright 2021 by Charles Holloway.